This is a Saddleback Church podcast. Can you give me that? Like, please. And I feel like so many times Christians go, oh, it's an employee resource group. They want me to check the diversity box. And it's like, no, you're missing the whole point. Jesus wants us to show his love to everyone. And we're getting like the red carpet rolled out for us to be a beacon of light and hope in a very dark world. Hey, welcome to Weekend of Workplace. My name is Mark Grundon and I am your host. It's on the show that we share the stories of what it looks like to integrate your faith and work. Uh, really taking your faith from your weekend worship experience to your workplace. And so we publish consistent, consistently. So be sure to like, subscribe, and follow this program to catch our next episode. Hey, today, I'm really looking forward to our guest and the conversation I'm having. Our guest today is Bradley McCoy. Bradley has worked for the Target Corporation for the last 20 years in various marketing, merchandising, and data analytic roles. He currently serves as the director of Roundo Ready uh, and Global Learning at Target. He is one of the founders of Target's Christian Network that was started 12 years ago and launched the Living Faith at Work movement, which now spans over a dozen corporations. He's passionate about helping followers of Jesus in corporate America learn how to live out their faith at work. I love this guy. This is exactly right. For eight years, he's also served as a volunteer pastor in the Twin Cities there in Minnesota, helping launch River Valley Church's city campus in the heart of Minneapolis. Bradley has been married to his wife, Michelle, for four years. And one of their favorite things to do is lead global teams all around the world to share the hope and love of Jesus in practical ways. Bradley and Michelle also lead a team, uh, lead a ministry uh, team called Street Team, where over 20 local churches in Minneapolis come together every Friday to love the urban core of the city and bring the joy of the Lord to those in need. Hey, Bradley, welcome to the show. So glad to have you here today. Excited to be here, Mark. Awesome. You know, Bradley, where I'd love to see this conversation go really is in three parts. First, we're going to talk about your what I call your story, really the backstory, your we're going to start with where you are today, but then we're going to go quickly back to where it all began. I love origin stories. We'll get into that. And then secondly, really your struggle. I think all of us in business and life, life, it's just filled with hard times. And so how do we meet the Lord in that? What has God taught us through those challenges that we faced? And then lastly, we'll get into what I'm calling our, our script. I think when we begin to integrate our faith and work, God really, uh, really writes a new script for the way that we do work. And I'd love to hear about what faith integration at your work really looks like. So as we get into that, man, you are the, currently the director of Roundo Ready and Global Learning. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about uh, Roundo Ready and you know, what you currently do in that role. So I help lead our learning efforts for our ad business. And so whether it be people starting on their career journey or they've been here a while, we help onboard people. It looks like if they need upskilling, all of that, our team is here. We have a team of consultants and designers and we get to build all the fun on-demand courses that you'll see and then all the instructor-led courses and then we have a ready program that we are expanding all across the world where it's really our talent development pipeline so people go through rotations and they really learn how to do 
their role really effectively across different areas of our business. And then once they've gone through their rotations, they graduate, they're certified, and then they're placed in a permanent role. And so those both of those areas are growing exponentially right now. And it's fun. We were just talking about expanding the team globally more in Bangalore. And it's been an adventure for sure uh, over the last 20 years. But that's what I'm focused on now uh, at Target. So this is uh, for those that are not familiar with, you know, like the the ad business of a corporation. So you primarily are working with uh, your you're working with your internal teams are actually focused on working with those that are selling products through Target. Is that correct? Yes. So the core of it, you can think of it as a media agency that our target team produces marketing solutions for the brands that we carry in store, whether it's Procter and Gamble has Tide and Bounty and all those brands you probably use every day. We work with those, we'll call them clients to help them market more effectively. I love origin stories. I love to kind of see where people began. I think those stories of where people began really show how God has laid a foundation in somebody's life for the lessons and the things that he had planned to, to, to draw out of them in the, uh, through the course of their career in life. So I'd love to hear about you. Like, where did, where did life begin? Are you a Twin City native? Where did you grow up? No, I'm not. I actually grew up in Germany, so I'm a military brat. And then when my dad came back to the States for a job, we moved to Ohio uh, where my mom's family's from. And so, and then went to high school, college in Columbus, and then Target recruited me uh, many years ago uh, to come move to Minneapolis. But I've called Minneapolis home for the last 20 years or so. Did you grow up in a Christian family? What did your faith beginnings look like for you? Yeah, so I have a, a really rich uh, history of Christianity in my family. Um, my grandparents are pastors. Uh, their parents were church planners. And so I have a big heart for ministry. And it's been really cool to see how God has used that. I actually thought I was going to go into ministry as a pastor and work at my grandpa's church and all the doors closed. And I had a degree in international business and I was like, okay, God, it looks like I'm going into the marketplace. We'll see what this looks like. And so I did not, I had no clue that I was going to be stepping into marketplace. And it was, it's been such a cool journey to see how God has used that. Even though it's not ministry, it's so incredible how God's used it to create many churches and many ministry opportunities uh, in the corporate setting. Well, I'm, ex I look forward to, talking more about that because I think that's what really this program is, is intended for, you know, for those that want to follow God. And, and I think for many of us, when we, we, we want to serve him with our life, it's like, it feels like is ministry the only place? And yet we find ourselves in a corporate setting and sometimes feel disappointed or God, I wish I could be doing more in those kind of places. But in reality, this is exactly the place that God has us to do tremendous work for his kingdom. So you're do, going to school in Ohio and Target huh. recruited you. Can you, what did, you know, what did that, what did that look like for you? How did you get in contact with them? How did that come together? Sure. So it was definitely a God journey. I was, once I knew I wasn't going to be going into a ministerial lane, I was like, okay, I'm open to whatever industry, business. I just need to see what's out there. So I started interviewing 
and Ohio State had a career fair. I submitted my resume actually to the sourcing team at Target and thinking, hey, I love, I grew up abroad. I want to get an international business. This is exciting. And I had tailored my resume with some of my specialty classes that I had taken. And back then, not a lot of people have done database marketing. And so I put my dozen or so database marketing classes on my resume and Target goes, well, actually, would you mind interviewing for this different role? It wasn't even the role that I applied for which was in marketing, which is a marketing analyst. I ended up flying up interviewing for that position. I thought it was incredibly cool. All the, the data and analytics and guest trends that you could apply to actually measure marketing campaigns. And I was just geeking out. My interviews all went over by like 20 minutes. We were talking about everything left and right. And I had told God, I was like, okay, like this is such a cool job, but I would want to make sure I have a church that I could go to. And I actually, when I was there, had the opportunity that it was on a Thursday to go to a young adult service at River Valley Church, where I've been at the last 20 years. And it was such incredible community. I could feel the presence of God. And I was like, wow, if I could get this job and go to this church, like, it was so I was basically interviewing all over the states and then interviewing churches at the same time because I didn't want to go to a place where I didn't feel like I could have a home where I could land spiritually as well. And basically, a few weeks later, I remember that after Thanksgiving on Black Friday, I got a job when I was hanging out with or a call saying, Hey, we want to offer you the job. And it was literally just um, right before I graduated in December. And a month later, I was in the tundra of Minnesota uh, and in January starting perusing the skyways of Minneapolis, starting at Target. That's awesome. Really interesting that, you know, you're kind of a, a checklist item that was necessary for you to accept a role somewhere is also a faith community or a church that was nearby. Um, yeah. Yeah. Why was that so important? Well, for me, I've always grown up with really rich community and people that have been pouring into my life. And I knew that that was going to be an anchor for me wherever I ended up. And I didn't want to be floating or just aimless in that. Um, and when I, especially in Minneapolis, when I found River Valley, I was like, wow, I could easily see God using me there and building people around me that would encourage me. And it's it's been more than I could ever ask or imagine. Like my worldview went from really small to really, really big when I made the, the jump. Uh, and went from like small church world to big, you know, one of the top Fortune 50 companies in the world. And the resources that I got to steward and implement business strategies that I never thought I would have the opportunity to do. And then have a church community that had the same big God-sized vision where sending people all around the world, um, it's just beautiful and totally God-ordained. I could never orchestrate it or put those pieces together, but God definitely directed my paths uh, right out of college. On that note, when you started making that decision, I mean, committing within your heart or your mind saying like, hey, this is it, I guess, what did that look like? to you. I think a lot of people, they are thinking through some similar things when it comes to jobs or roles or something like, I want to make sure that I invite God into this. So this is what he wants for me. How did you discern? Hey, this is it. This is, this is where you know, hindsight, you can see you could not have ordained this. God was a part of it yeah. at that time. Did you have a sense like, okay, God's peace is here, or this is what he wants me to do, or just like, let's go mm -hmm. for it. Um, a little bit of all of the above. Like I knew 
God was in the equation. I knew I had a lot of different opportunities and I just kept praying like, God, what, what are you stirring in my spirit? And there was an excitement and just an anticipation with the opportunity at Target, even though a lot of the other opportunities I had paid more, there was just this, this excitement of like, I know there's something there beyond what I can think. And so I took the, a leap of faith. I did not know. I wasn't, it wasn't like God spoke to me in a dream or anything. It was just like, okay, I feel like this is the direction God's um, calling me to. And so I took a step and the first six months were actually really rough. Like um, moving to Minnesota, if you don't, in the winter in January, um, is not an easy thing to do. Like you get a few hours of sunlight a day and it was a brutal like start and I had to reset my whole community and I had some really struggles. It was probably a dark season in the beginning where I was like, wow, God, I had all this rich family and friends and community and around me. And then all of that was stripped away. And God was like, I've called you here. Are you, are you going to offer community to people and not just wait for someone to do that for you? And that's where my passion for small groups uh, started. And I just started inviting everyone in who didn't have a family. Hey, you can be a part of ours. And now, now it's beautiful. Our church in downtown Minneapolis, it's made up of a whole bunch of immigrants and people who moved here for jobs that have no family here. And there's thousands of us now, and we would now call ourselves a family of people that have just stepped out and moved to Minneapolis. And now the commonality is we all love Jesus, but we do life together. So. Wow. I think that's beautiful. So many people and probably all of us, we go through these seasons of of solitude or loneliness and for us for you to then say to to hear god say uh hey stop waiting for the invite but start making the invite to have people come around you and for you to step out like that i think it's tremendous and it just really it's a, a great story there of how god used that to bring such a diverse eclectic group of people that just have come to love each other in your company you are now a director but you know, as you work through your company, what did progression look like for you? You know, how did you, you know, how did you navigate the, did, did opportunities just open up or did you pursue different things in particular? How did you progress through Target? For sure. There was a lot of ups and downs and over 20 years, I've had about a dozen different roles, which has been exciting. And I would say a lot of it was doors that got opened. I wasn't like, pushing down doors, making, this is my, my space. I want this. It was really having opportunities come to me and then praying, God, is this the right move for me to make? And so I think early on, I started as an analyst. I'm, I'm running marketing programs, working with our team in India. And then one of the big pivots in my career is uh, one of our SVPs at the time was like, Hey, we have a brand that wants to spend money with Target to create marketing campaigns. You are a great person with people. Everyone loves talking to you and you make it easy for people. Would you be our first seller to go out and to help the brands connect with Target? And so back then, like we didn't have like all these like analysts supporting and media planners. It was just one person. And so I was doing the selling, the prospecting, the planning, the media, the securing the media, the pulling the reports saying, here's how it performed and then reselling. And so I, I entered into sales, but not really even knowing exactly what that meant. And so I spent many years selling and um, in the middle of that experience, 
my boss at the time said, hey, we have this cool opportunity with Facebook now, Meta. And they're like, they have this like, like proprietary, like interesting concept they want to partner with Target with. Would you like leave what you're doing and, and help us figure out what this looks like? I was like, can you tell me more? Well, no, it's all. And I was like, ah, and so I prayed about it and got godly counseling from some mentors who happened to be at River Valley and work at Target. And I said, you know what? I'm going to jump into it. I might not ever get an opportunity like this. And lo and behold, we created a concept called Cartwheel, which is now Target Circle. I got to drive the concept, what it looked like to monetize it, what it looked like from a guest experience, what it looked like to build out the actual assortment of products. And it was just super cool to be able to be on that lead team. That's so exciting. In but in that moment of, of of discerning, can you talk us through what that discernment process looked like? For many people, I think we have these moments of opportunity, and there isn't a lot of clarity of what that looks like because maybe the organization doesn't really have an idea, or I don't know, somebody has a desire to start a business of some sort, and it's just really within them. But again, there's like a big risk because there's a lot of unknown. The organization doesn't really know what's going on. They just kind of have this hunch that they want to build something around this area. And we need to put idea into that. So as you're stepping into that space of the unknown, you said you had mentors in your life, you prayed about it. Can you walk us through that discernment process of like, how did you kind of, yeah, how did you kind of figure out like, okay, this is the, this is the step I want to take. For sure. I would say it definitely put me in a area where I wasn't comfortable, where I was like, well, will I have a job in six months? Like, what does this look like? And for me, I've realized over my career, whenever there you feel a little uncomfortable and you know that there's a ton of growth and innovation that's gonna happen, I've learned to lean into it and often it not make it as such a big deal where it's like, oh my goodness, like try to project the future and just say, is this something that will help me grow and stretch me? And that God, if I pray and he doesn't check me in my spirit to say there's motivations there that like, am I going after it because of the money or the prestige or the title? And if it's not, and I have an opportunity to grow and God doesn't say no, I step into it. And I, I think sometimes Early on in my career, I was waiting for like this like moment where God would just give me the green light and I verbally would hear like I'm reading that like something's going to like pop in the scripture that I know this is the job. And it's for me, it's been like if God hasn't said no, I'm going to step into it. And so if I have a passion and I can see the opportunity for growth and something that's new and different that aligns with my skill set and my passions, unless God says no, there has to be a pretty big reason why I wouldn't step into something that's new that is going to help me advance in my, not just my career, but my understanding of business and who I am uh, as a leader and as a person who wants to do new things and expand uh, my skill set. You keep mentioning these different opportunities and thinking through it. Has it uh, has it always been up and to the right for yourself? Has it always been just bountiful opportunities? Has or have you come across like, you know, seasons of, of challenge in, in just your, your career trajectory? Totally. I would say years ago when Amazon was just booming, like it's kind of funny target used Amazon when back in the day when the dot com 
just started where it's like, oh yeah, they run our website. And then all of a sudden they kind of exploded on the scene and started taking over a lot of retail and now are a huge, huge company. And I remember a lot of my peers were leaving and helping going to Amazon and getting paid three or four times what we were getting paid um, at Target. And it was like, I was, I got caught up in the, like, what am I doing? Like, I'm just stalling out, not even taking advantage of what's going on in the market. And so I started interviewing, talking to my mentors and the driving force was like, I wanted to like get my due. Like I want to be like, I can deliver just as much. And so I went through the whole interview process, got the offer, all this fun stuff. And then I knew that I didn't want to leave my church. I didn't want to leave my community. Like I had not, I didn't have a piece about it, but I, I, fully like steamed ahead to say, I want to do this because it's just just for me. Uh, I, I need to, to be in that, that lane. And when I realized like that wasn't what God had called me to do. And I, and I knew that, but it was just like, I wanted it from just a pride standpoint of like, this is where I need to be. I had conversations in internally. Well, maybe if I'm not going to go and I, I'm not going to make that move. Cause back then you couldn't just work from anywhere. You had to go move to Seattle. And so I said, well, maybe, maybe target will match it. And so I just had this arrogance of like, walk it in. Here's my offer. What are you going to do? And they were like, that looks like a great offer. You should go take advantage of that. And I was like, no, what am I going to do? So my, whole pride was shot. I went through this whole thing. I I knew like even I didn't really pray, but knew it wasn't what God wanted. And so it was this frustration of I want to advance. I see all my peers doing this. And it was probably one of the biggest life lessons because even my mentors were like, yeah, you're owed that you should targets not valuing as much. And so I went full steam ahead, but I didn't do it and humility. I didn't do it with God at the forefront and center. And with that, I learned so much and I had to eat a lot of humble pie and I knew what I was doing is where I should have been. And I, and I had to, you know, talk with the leaders and I didn't move. I didn't get a big pay bump and where I was at was where God called me to be. And from that, I learned a lot about like, how, what is my heart posture? Like, why am I pursuing things? What's the motivation behind that? And I had anxiety for the first time in years and all this stuff where I was like, it is not of God. This is not what I've been called to. And it's not wrong. Like, I think if, if you're at a spot where you're ready to advance and your company is not rewarding for it and doors open and aligns, awesome. But for me, I knew that I was not putting it and submitting that to God. And I had to work through my pride and I had to work through the desire to just want to have that fast pace of like getting rewarded and compensated and all of that, which nothing wrong with it. But when it's not what God has for you and you know, you're being disobedient, you're never going to end up in a great spot. And so you got to restart and go, okay, God, what, what do I learn from this? How do I be a better leader and person who's not driven by just the financials or the title, but truly where you want me to be and where you've called me to be a light and how you want me to advance your kingdom. I wrote this down because I was thinking about asking it later, but you know, not just driven by the financials or the position. So for you as a Christian in the workplace, like what does drive you? You know, what is that, you know, what is that, uh, that, yeah, that thing that pushes that, that motivation that pushes you forward. Where do your, when, when many of us are looking at our career as a place for, you know, 
yeah, whether it's uh, financial goals that we have or positions that we want to take or to be able to apply ourselves in a particular way, you know, what, what is driving you? It's a great question. And I think throughout my career, it's been, it's been fun and sometimes hard to take that self-reflection to truly understand what that is and what is the motivation and being able to check myself or ask the Holy spirit, like what is going on inside of my heart. But for me, after years of being in the marketplace, I love people. I'm a people person and God has designed me to, to do that and to support others and to help them succeed in their careers. And so that has been such a driving force for me and my heart and passion for others. And it's been beautiful because it's such, it complements so well um, what God has called me to just in life overall. And my boss and I always have conversations like Bradley, you have these passion projects. She like understands that I'm all about my faith, but then you have your core business like that you have to drive forward. And it's cool because at Target, helping to lead the Christian network and helping to lead an entire business org, I get to do both in both lanes and care for people well. And as a leader, it's just, I mean, the Bible has so much rich stuff to say about how you can be an authentic leader that supports others and to drive them. And that's my heartbeat. When I have people that come into my world, whether it's Christian network or through the business, and I get to help them succeed and find not just what they're great at in their career. I love to be able to say like, what, what are you called to? Like, what are you driven? Even if you're not a person of faith, like what are you, what is your, the passion behind why you live? And when you start to dig into that, oftentimes there's a void there for people that, especially if they don't have faith, it's like, uh, what do you mean? Like, and so it's cool to have those conversations from a development standpoint where it's like, I know there's other things that you're driven and motivated by. Let's talk about those and dig into what, why you're here on this planet. What's the bigger perspective. And oftentimes that anchors around those questions of why am I here? Why, why am I? And for me as a person of faith, what has God created me to do in this limited amount of time? And um, when I get to have those conversations and I'm, I'm so driven by that and see people succeed. And even a lot of my mentees are in higher elevated positions than I am at Target because their career and skill set, they've just been gifted to be leaders of large organizations. And so I, I love that. It makes me so happy to see the people that I just get to touch um, thrive and just succeed in life in general. And even in their careers, being able to celebrate with them and be able to champion uh, their success has been so rewarding to me. And as a person of faith, knowing that God is a part of that equation, um, it just brings so much joy uh, and genuine joy uh, to my heart when I see people just thrive in their careers and in life. Bradley, that's really great. I, I think in terms of even thinking in terms of that, that question of why, what drives us, and even from a self-development side, for us to reflect what is really motivating our work, but then to bring it into a conversation with the people that report to us or in that developmental conversations with others. I think that's brilliant to be able to unpack or ask that question because it really does not only make somebody think about their motivations for the work and have them like actually show up and to apply themselves in the work because they're there for not just because they need to, but because they want to, because it's they, they're able to articulate that why. But then in addition, it opens up those spiritual conversations in a real normal, easy way through development. 
because you're going to be asking, yeah, those bigger questions to be able to celebrate people's wins, to be able to see their development or how they can accelerate, whether you're a part of that or a peer, it really, I would imagine, takes this inward confidence of just knowing, especially if they're accelerating at a faster pace or something different, easy for us to compare. But in reality, we're just designed differently and we can get distracted by looking at other people's progression or something. You know, I guess, how has that journey of like, it sounds like you have a very great understanding of who you've been made to be. And what has that process been like for you to understand that? Yeah, I would say it's definitely not always easy. And it always, I would say, comes up. Like even I know like this week I had one of my peers got elevated and I was like, wait a minute, they haven't even been here nearly as long as, you know, and those are the thoughts right away. And it's like, you want to, you want those thoughts to naturally be like, wow, I'm so excited. Like I'm, I'm excited for them, but that's just not how our brain is like fallen humans work. And as soon as I get those thoughts, like going through my head, I have to always be like, okay, like what is the bigger picture? Like, what do I want for, for my heart? And if I'm called to do this, how do I keep those things in check? And so it's not like, Oh, I've arrived. Like I'm good to go. It's a constant like check of my flesh of like, okay, am I going to let that consume me or be the motivator for me changing my behavior? And if it is, it's wrong. And I know that I always have to have these conversations with God where I'm like in my quiet time, constantly checking myself to keep me like in line with what he wants for me, not what I think is the best path or the most rewarded path. And so I would say for me, it's a continual process of that daily journey with Jesus. I don't think it's like, wow, I've had all these great people tell me exactly the, the steps that I need to take to be an, an incredible mature leader. Like, I mean, as I, even as a, I'm a director, I have the exact same thoughts that I did when I was an analyst of that. I'm super competitive. It's one of my top strength finders. And so for me, like, how do I lead in humility and not let those things get me off track to where God has me? And so I would say it's, it's not a, I've arrived. I don't think it ever will be. It will be like, it's not wrong. Like it's to recognize when things are off and things are not of God or those thoughts that will get us like, just like scripture says, like if their slots focus on me and my pride and those type of things, they're probably not of God. And if their thoughts of supporting and being joyous and loving others and being gentle and those response, you think about the fruit of the spirit, then I know, okay, my heart's in a humble spot. So if those opportunities come, it's not going to be, I do this because I get it. It's just, I'm being rewarded for it. And God has chosen that for me. And I'll step into that um, versus me trying to bang down a door and go, I deserve this. And I think you can have drive and be competitive, but still have the humility where God can show where he's in it and when he's not and when to step in and when to push forward. Let's turn the conversation to you know, the Christian uh, network at Target. And it started 12 years ago. It, can you tell us a little bit about how that got going? What was the really the genesis story of, of that forming? For sure. So when I started at Target, I didn't really meet a lot of people of faith at all. And so I was like, oh, wow, like 
moved to Minneapolis, Target. It's on. I I always joke. It's like an unreached people group of like, yeah, like don't have any faith, don't believe in that God stuff. Um, and so I was like, wow, like who am I gonna like connect with? God, am I alone in this place? Especially at work, where you spend so much time. And I actually joined the Hispanic Business Council, and we were like scraping. I don't know why in volunteer projects you're always scraping paint and then painting, but we were doing that. And I was on a ladder. And one of the ladies beside me was like, hey, I think you're a Christian, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, I'm a Christian. You should come to this Bible study. And I was like, amazing. Like, there's a Bible study? Like, I've never heard of this. And it was, I jokingly say, our underground Bible study where we had a conference room that was marked private on the calendar. And I met about a half dozen other Christians. And so we started talking. And there were actually multiple of those groups happening just not very publicly, but as people met people, they would invite them in. And so it all started way before we had a Christian network. There were plenty of Bible studies going on in small groups. And then we had a, a, a couple of groups of people or a couple of people that were just really passionate. And I was um, a part of the group, but not necessarily leading it. And they were like, hey, let's go. I know our head of property development, he's a Christian and we're going to go ask him to be our sponsor. And Medtronic has a Christian network and they have a thousand people like we got to go do this. And like, we're going to make it happen for target for target. And so they did, they went and asked and we went and asked the head of property development. He said, yes, I will be your sponsor. And he went with forward to our diversity, equity, inclusion team. And we were able to get a Christian network started. And so we had, we didn't have to mark on our calendar private. We can make those open meetings. People can see it. Like for now, anytime I have a Christian network meeting, I make sure it's like easy to see. So when people are looking at my calendar, it's another way they go, Oh, this is a Christian guy. And then I have, we have our badge buddies where it says Christian network, where every time in the office, it's funny how many people notice that when you're just walking through the halls. And so it created this, like, we don't have to be underground. This is something that's sanctioned by target. I can take target time and help other people feel welcome here. And it's been beautiful over the years just to be able to say now publicly people that are interns or just here for a short time can find the Christian network really easily and accessibly on our internet and SharePoint and all of those things um, and really make it so people can feel welcome. And so over the last 12 years, we've had a lot of different seasons of the Christian network, um, but it's been beautiful to see how God's used it to help people of faith really work through, like, what does it mean to live out my faith here at Target? What does that look like? Am I welcome to do that? And it's cool because Target's DNI team says, we want, we want Christians here. Like, we're not a Christian company, but we want you here. Practice your faith here. You're welcome to do that. And that's become an incredibly beautiful opportunity for us to share the love of Jesus, but also to figure it out ourselves and to openly and authentically work through what does a Christian at Target mean and how does it work to, to be able to live in community with one another here at Target, but then also interact and share our faith in a very authentic, genuine way with people who might not have any faith at all. Can you tell me a little bit about, about how that community has impacted you? You know, what, what is it like for somebody that doesn't have a Bible study or somebody that doesn't have a Christian network in the corporation or company they work at, you know, but their opportunity could potentially be there for them to step out in, in that way. You know, how, how has that benefited your life at work? I would say it's life-changing, it's transformational. And so 
one of the reasons I stay at Target is because of that community, to be honest. It's probably the number one reason that I've been at Target for 20 years. And it's been to have every single day where I have a Slack thread, I have a group on Thursdays that I know I'm going to meet where if anything I'm processing through, I reach out and say, Hey guys, you understand my business. You understand what corporate America looks like. You understand where targets at right now. And I would really appreciate some prayer around this or, Hey, I'm in small group on Thursdays over lunch. And we're talking through questions that are specific to what's going on at target. So maybe it's annual review, or maybe like if we've had a sad incidents where we have incidents in stores where there's shootings or whatever, how do we come together as a community and as Christians process through that, having our faith lead in that. And for me, it's built me up. Like, I don't even know how I would have the career I have without the faith component and that support that I have at work. And I know a lot of my friends that are Christians, Oh, I go to church. I'm good. Like, I don't need to add another thing to my plate. And I'm like, it adds to value to me. Like it's nothing that takes from my time. I feel like every time I'm involved, it actually builds me up spiritually and encourages me. And so I know some people struggle with like, well, I'm so involved in my church. I don't want to be in this another extracurricular thing. And I'm like, but if you could see the benefit, especially as a leader, when you go through hard seasons, your people at church, yeah, they'll pray for you, but they don't understand the same weight as the person who's in the exact same company going through the exact same season who also believes what you do. What they can do to lift and encourage you is a whole different dimension of when that faith and work intersect and you get to walk through life together there. There's nothing like it. It's the encouragement that you always want. And I know so many people, as we've been helping other corporations stand up their living faith at work groups. It's like, I want that. Like, we'll just start to talk about it. And they're like, can you give me that? Like, please. And I feel like so many times Christians go, Oh, it's an employee resource group. They want me to check the diversity box. And it's like, no, you're missing the whole point. Jesus wants us to show his love to everyone. And we're getting like the red carpet rolled out for us to be a beacon of light and hope in a very dark world. And oftentimes we walk away from it because it's like, ah, I don't want to add another thing to my plate. I don't want to get in this corporate, like corporatize my faith. And it's like when you're authentic and genuine with your faith and God gives you open doors like this, there's just huge opportunities to be that light and that salt and that seasoning that the world is so desperately like longing for. And so I always encourage people. I know like, our men, our mentality at work can be, where can I cut out things? Where can I focus just on the things that are important for me to succeed in my career? But I would challenge people. This is the thing that's going to be the catalyst to make you the best leader that you'll ever be. When Jesus is at the center of you loving your teams really well, and you praying over the vision for the future of your business, when you add God into the equation and do that with others at work, it's just the the pinnacle of living life to its fullest because you have God in the busiest part of your day and the busiest part where you spend the most amount of time when you include God in that and have people who are reminding you of that. Wow. Life becomes so just full of joy and you anticipate and are excited. You don't dread the challenges because you know, God's giving you the right support and the right encouragement to be able to succeed and to do it in his name. Bradley, that's amazing. <laughs> it's a, I'm, 
I work at a church, but I'm going to, I'm going to start a Christian club right here right now. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> That's really, really powerful. Uh, what you were able to share right there. You made, you made a comment about, uh, about how that environment also has made it very easy for you to, to in a very practical, normal way to share your faith or live out your faith, uh, or particularly to share your faith with others. Can you share what that looks like or what that has meant to you? Yeah, and, and I, specifically, I sorry to interrupt, and specifically in the ahead. context of what this group is, like how how has this Christian community really helped you share your faith in a way that makes makes sense and is normal for people? Yeah, it's a one. It's a reminder every single day, and and when we meet every week to put my faith with God at the forefront of everything that I do. And in business, it's really easy to let all of the the, the driving and striving and I can make this money and I can do this huge, like just thing that can deliver such value to customers and guests. But when you have the reminder every day that, wow, no, God's called me here for a purpose for such a time as this, it allows you to be able to operate in that. And when you realize that you are there not just to do a great business idea, and yes, we are there to deliver the best work of anyone, but that you might be there that day to pray for your cube neighbor who just lost their spouse or a a child. You might be there to pray healing over someone who is going through cancer and you can believe that Jesus can intervene and that in the name of Jesus, someone can be made well. And the power that, Hey, people are actually open to that and desperate. When I have my living faith at work group there to say, probably don't be shy about it. Step out like that. This is your time to do that. God's given you that moment and those reminders, because it is hard to do on your own. And I think that's why Jesus always sent people out in pairs, right? To have the person to say, no, you're down today. You don't stop what you're doing. Keep moving forward. There's someone that needs to know that they're loved. There's someone that needs to know that there's hope beyond what they're in right now. And oftentimes there's so much pressure in our corporations today, where if you're not hitting your numbers or you're not innovating beyond expectation, like there's just like anxiety of like, am I going to have a job? Like where, where they're downsizing again. And when you can bring faith into that, it pivots, it pivots. Like, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about who has God called me today to be hope to, and whether that's writing an email of encouragement or sitting and praying with someone, or maybe my boss is having a horrible day. It's not my, it's, it's not my time to bring my burdens to her. It's my time to say, Hey, do you know, you don't have to carry that on your own and have encouragement and those joy filled moments where we can bring the joy of the Lord into situations where there's no joy, or we can bring hope where people are just, everything's horrible. The the sales are falling out. We don't know what to do. Life is over with. Are we closing? No, you can be the person that brings in something that's supernatural. That's beyond what people can see in the immediate um, room. And so I would say that's how it's like for me, having that reminder every day and encouragement to go out and to do what we should be doing already. Like God's called us. We have this thing called the great commission. And the last thing Jesus told us to do is to go and to share his, 
his name and the hope that comes with that to all the world. And if we're not doing that in our workplaces, like what are we doing as Christians? Like that's the the commandment God's given us. And if we haven't figured out how to live that out, we're doing a disservice to the Christian faith because we're not actually practicing it in the, in the mission field that God's called us to. And then no one has the, no one sees the credibility of like, why should I change if no one, why should I follow this Jesus of yours? If it doesn't have an impact on your life, why would I want him to be in my life? You know, when you are identifying yourself as a Christian and you are, you know, having these public, you know, uh, you know on your, your calendar, you these public events that people can see, has, has that ever worked against you? And has that ever been a, have you found people that are antagonistic against Christian faith really stand in your way uh, from, from either just having a good day or finding advancement in the company? Yes, but I'll caveat it with the vast majority of people are open to it. Mm. Most people that you talk to in your given day are like, well, that's cool. Tell me, you go to church, like, tell me more about it. And I think there's a fear that, isn't founded where eight out of 10 people are going to be like, sure, I'll take a prayer. Like it's not going to hurt or sure. I'll open up and walk through this. Thanks for even asking or caring about it. But there are definitely moments where I've stepped out and it's been not received well, or even from a leadership standpoint, received challenges of like, Oh, as soon as I say the word Christian or like I've gotten this several times where people go, Hey, are, are you one of those born again Christians? And I knew, I know they're asking me that not because they're excited to recognize that I'm different and diverse and I'm a Christian and a person of faith. They want to be like, aha, I knew you were one. I'm labeling you this. And now all the baggage that they've had in past Christian relationships is now attached to me. And so what I've learned is, Hey, I want to set the tone for how people see me and who I am as a follower of Jesus and that their past experiences don't apply to me. And so I've often had to then re sit and say, Hey, I'm not for sure exactly what you mean by born again, Christian, knowing the assumptions they're building into that, but here's who I am. And I follow Jesus and I want to bring hope and healing. And this is what Jesus has called me to do. And I know at target, I've had really hard conversations with people who have been hurt by the church and sometimes kicked out of the church. And now they have an antagonistic view of who Jesus is. And I am the ambassador that they're seen as representing Jesus in the, in the church. And so they're not here to help. They're here to say, you're a bad person. I don't want you around me or influencing this culture. And I'm like, wait, 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 like, hear my story. Like, this is what Jesus has done in my life. And just because you've had a bad experience with church or a Christian in the past, doesn't mean that you're getting the same thing with me. And how do I carry myself to be authentic to the word of God, love people really well, but still speak truth and hold my convictions. And that's the challenge that I've had where People have said, you know, we don't want your cult here at Target. Stop trying to like make everyone like you. And it's like, oh, okay. Hey, nice to meet you. What's your name? <laughs> like, cool. Um, but slowing down and in those moments, what I've realized, and I'm, and once again, I'm not perfect. There's sometimes I go, oh, we're going to throw down, like, let's go. And it's like, it never works out. Like when that, when you approach it that way, but when you approach it 
with hum- humility and be like, hey, wow, tell me, like, feels like things are off here. Like, I don't know you. And it sounds like you're really upset with me. Can you, can you tell me more about what's going on here? And oftentimes, if you slow down and not get defensive, people start to unpack a little bit of their baggage. And all of a sudden, you have an opportunity to share the love of Jesus. It doesn't mean they're going to like you after that or they're going to change, but at least you can then have an inlet, an inroad to share the kindness and goodness of God. And then it's on them if they want to respond to that and say yes. But if you just let them sit in the, oh, I had this, and maybe they rightfully so had a horrible experience with a church or a Christian who wasn't following truly the path of Jesus, then you're not giving them an opportunity to see what the genuine joy and hope of God is. And so there's been plenty of opportunities I've had to have those encounters. Um, But when, when I slow down and recognize that when someone is being antagonistic and hateful, maybe toward me, it's maybe not me. Maybe they have stuff that they're working on and I need to be letting the Holy Spirit use me with the fruits of the Spirit and be gentle and be kind and be loving and patient. And when those things start to play out, all of a sudden you have an opportunity then to share the truth of who Jesus is and not let um, a facade that's been painted in their mind represent Jesus, but truly say, here's the savior of the world. Here's the one who's come to redeem us and to give us hope and that he truly loves you regardless of your experiences or, or what you've done. You know, sometimes working for a large corporation, especially this time, this time of life and society, these corporations are really driven by values that don't align with our Christian faith. Uh, they may make space, you know, with a employee resource group or a diversity, equity, and inclusion group that that can allow us to meet. But really, the the overall tone, the public face of that corporation is drastically different from the way we live, or, uh, the way that we believe Jesus is calling us to live. How, as a Christian, you know, how how do you uh, reconcile your your part in in that company, or how have you seen God really, uh, you know? call you to stay or ask you to, to remain and persist in that company. I can only imagine working at Target, if you've had, maybe you haven't, but I can imagine people coming and saying, why do you still work there? You know, and, and so what is your response to that kind of idea uh, they're working at, at a company like Target? We've actually, over the last few months, I've had a lot of those conversations with followers of Jesus. And it's been wild because I've had 20 years to marinate in this and understand why God has called me here. And some people they've been here for a while, or maybe they're new to to target. But the biggest thing that I have to recognize is my framework and my mindset of how I enter into target. One, I recognize target isn't a Christian company and I don't expect them to exude my values. Two, I recognize that I'm on a mission field. And just like missionaries all around the world go to places that don't hold their same values, I'm on my mission field. And God has called me to Target at such a time as this. And Target doesn't have to uphold my values because I'm there to be light and to be hope and to be joy in that place. And when we start to look at it from that framework, all of a sudden we're on mission because I don't expect Target to be a Christian company. And I think that's the conversation I've had with a lot of people the last few months where my question to them has, how you have you outed yourself as a Christian? 
Like, have you told people you're a Christian? Because you you seem really upset and shocked and surprised. And I'm like, I'm not surprised or shocked at all. Like, I'm very much aware of what Target believes in the stances that we have. And oftentimes they say no because they don't want the flack or the negative perception for them to be held. And it's like, well, if you don't out yourself, then how are you going to then build community and truly represent what who you are authentically? And if you can't do that work, well, are you doing it anywhere else? And so I always encourage people, you're having this tension because part of it is you haven't lived out your faith in a way that's authentic to you where people would, if I ask people, would they even know you're a Christian? And if they say no, like, Hey, there's an opportunity for you to like rise up and go like, Hey, I am. Yes. You might have a perception that of Christians, but I'm going to say, no, that's not the perception that you need to hold. There's something different that you can see in the love and authenticity that I have in my relationship with Jesus. And so I think for me, that's been the most important thing is realizing I'm on mission. They don't, I don't have to be in a company that agrees with my Christian values. I'm here to bring my diverse Christian self that brings a unique perspective. And the cool thing is in most companies, there is an environment where all of this is welcome. And when you allow the Holy Spirit to be involved, then it's not your smarts or your approach. You're just allowing the joy of the Lord and the love of the Lord to start to be infectious within your corporation. And when it's authentic, people respond to that. They see it's something different. They see that it's not forced or contrite or you are trying to like basically save faiths and and show what everyone else is doing and just do the same thing. You're different. You're unique. Uh, You don't have to virtue signal because you're humble because God's working through you. And so those are the things when I, when I look at it and you realize you're on mission, you realize that God's called you as a Christian, then you pivot and the frustration turns into, Hey, there's an opportunity. And yes, like this world is not our world. We're just passing through. Like I don't expect this to be, Christendom and everyone's a Christian and, and we're all singing Kumbaya. No, God, just like the early church has called us into this mission field. And we're supposed to live authentically where we love people well. And in that, that's where God, especially the people that don't like us or aren't for the values we are, when we truly live those values out, people start to question themselves of like, well, actually that's, that's awesome. Like, I loved how you responded in humility, or I loved how you continued to love and show empathy to someone, even when they were mean and angry and bitter towards you. It allows the love of Jesus to shine through in such incredible ways that often aren't seen in a corporate setting. Bradley, you can articulate this so well. So thank you for sharing that. I think that gives a lot of people a new perspective of whether it's here in society at large or within our corporations that we work for, yeah, understanding that we don't expect this to be a Christian place and and that mindset shift, yeah, changing from opposition to more opportunity of, of our of our role in that company. You know, when we think about the Lord's prayer and your your kingdom come, your will be done. And when we pray for those that in that, whether that's that prayer particularly or that idea of of uh, being a Christian in our company and wanting to influence that in our own way. And as we bring our diverse selves to the places of work, what do you see transformation looking like in your company as, 
as we would hope that the hope and love and joy of Christ would extend and impact more people. Yeah, I would say um, we have when we say yes to Jesus in the workplace, that act alone and we live on mission will allow us to have an impact that's multiplied. And what I mean by that is it's crazy when I look at like our starting in the underground Bible study, right? And then moving to like, oh, wow, now the the organization recognizes this. This is a thing that is cool. We can spend our time doing it to, hey, we're multiplying leaders. And like my impact can be very small, but if I equip other people to do the same thing I'm doing, there's a multiplication that is infectious. And we've started with one, now we have dozens of small groups and we're seeing people not just in Minneapolis, but all over the world and all the different time zones. And so when we encourage people to step out in their faith and really understand who God's equipped them to be, that is the catalyst of like what God's gonna do. And even like when I saw okay, there's, there's demand for this outside of Target. Like, okay, we'll, we'll help with Best Buy and General Mills and all this. And even having the Living Faith at Work conference a few months ago, God is doing something when we just encourage, and it might just be a few words of affirmation. It might just be, hey, it's possible in these settings to do it. I'm proof of that. Um, God can use you in really big ways. And that's where I think the multiplication happens, where we are just, as we meet other people who love Jesus and follow Jesus, no matter where they're at, whether they're in our corporate workplace or in another, how do you encourage them to take that next step of obedience, just that one little next step? And maybe it's actually offering up prayer to someone. Maybe it's um, joining a small group, or maybe it's helping to lead in that but the multiplication effect really takes place when we're just faithful to invest in one person. And yesterday I had a Zoom call um, with one of the ladies who just started joining our Living Faith at Work small group over lunch. And she goes, well, how do you answer the question? Why do you believe in God? And it's just like so beautiful because like that moment is a discipleship moment where it was like, hey, if I can encourage her to share her testimony about why God is so real to her and how Jesus has changed her life. Well, her whole circle now is going to be impacted by that one step of faith to step out and to actually share her experience with Jesus. And so those moments are what are going to be incredibly powerful when it comes to multiplying is just being faithful and not running past it because we get so busy, but taking those moments and really understanding like, God, I want to be listening to your voice and hearing the Holy Spirit. So I know like I might not be a pastor, but I am a pastor at Target. And when I hear things, I have to be really discerning on like, oh, like this person's open. Like I want to slow down and not rush past this conversation. I know I have a meeting, but how do I make sure that I'm investing in the time so they know their love, they can hear the truth of Jesus or, oh, this person's one of our leaders and no one's ever discipled him before. They've not really been faithful at a church. Like, how do I help them grow so they can then be hungry and, and show an example to all the people on their marketing team that don't know the love of Jesus? And so for us, the multiplication comes in slowing down and realizing the moments where we're called to be the encourager, the coach and the equipper 
in our realm of influence and then watch God do the multiplication. And it's nothing we're doing. We're just being faithful and showing up and doing the things he's called us to do. And in that, when we're present and present in every meeting, present when we meet with people, that multiplication happens. I want to lean in a little bit further into what that actually looks like. And what I mean by this is sometimes when people think about a Christian at work, it means they're an ethical person, that they work ethically, and then they're actively sharing a track or, you know, telling their cubicle mate that, uh, you know, about Jesus or inviting them to church. What does like, I don't know, like, I know you've spoken to this already, like in general of what, you know, like faith at work looks like in a really tremendous way. Can you give us more, some practical examples of, I don't know what, uh, you know, ministering to that colleague would look like, or the opportunity that would arise for you to begin to pray for somebody or uh, how, you know, infusing faith within your leadership on a team is impacting them. I, I, sometimes for people that are not in the workplace that may be listening to this, they, you know, it's, it's the stereotypical, you know, you share your faith and be ethical and that's all that Christian at work should be. Yeah. I do think there's something to consistency in your walk with Jesus. And so when you are living, like walking the walk and living it out, that's probably the most important thing. So when I think about just how I start my days off before I jump into my zoom meetings or at headquarters is getting my heart in alignment with what God has for me for the day. And when, and when I don't do that, I'm not as on mission, if that makes sense. I'm like just trying to get stuff done, leading well, but like the voice is a little bit more dull because I haven't spent time to be listening to God, like in my quiet time. And so when I start my days off like that and really get in in alignment to listening to his voice and to be present, I do have these, this pivot, these pivots and the practical things come out then where it's like, I'm in a meeting and I realize like, why isn't my team member performing the way they need to? Like, why are they dropping the ball? And then I realize, wait, ask them what is going on. Like what is going on in your life? Wow. Okay. Now they're opening up about all this stuff that's outside of work that's happening. Hey, I I understand. And I think this is really important. Can we pray through this? And then can I do an action? Like, Hey, I'm, let's, let's take the day off. Like you need to be with your family today. Like as a leader showing, not just saying, Hey, can I pray with you? Awesome. Figure it out. No, like I hear what's going on. How can I help you as a leader work through this season? That's really difficult in your life any resources that I have, I want to give you. And I want to give you the spiritual care as well. If they're open to it. And I always offer, would, would you be open to, would you like, and if not cool, that's all good. I'll be praying for you. We don't have to do a prayer now. Um, but I want to help and I want to be a great consistent leader for you. And so I think being that consistent leader showing up and being present and listening in that moment, not just rushing to hit your goal or like, ah, like I'm overwhelmed, like keep moving on when we can be balanced and are in a, in a, in a fresh, like, like just lens looking at people, how Jesus looks at them. All of a sudden those conversations happen. Like my boss, she's like on her phone during my status, like the whole time. And I'm like, I'm right here. Like, are you listening? And then going, is there something going on? Oh, your daughter just got in an accident. Maybe you should go deal. Like, I'm like, go deal with that. Like recognizing that and having the discernment to be able to say, Hey, I'm going to pray that she's okay. But I know that that's important and you should be addressing that right now. And 
oftentimes we don't do that to leaders because we're just like, oh, I don't know what to say. And when we are listening and in tune to the Holy Spirit, oftentimes we see these moments where we're like, hey, I can actually say something or can I add value to someone? Can I can I be a good human being that loves that person? Like those things, like it's sad, but often are infrequent. And when you do that in the name of Jesus, hey, like you're giving glory to God. And then all of a sudden that good deed isn't for you to be like, hey, I'm a good person. I feel good about myself. But it's like, hey, the only reason I do this is because Jesus has called me to. Like I do this because he's changed my life. And that's why I'm loving and caring to you right now. That's why I want to see the best for you and your family. And so there's been, I mean, hundreds of moments at Target where I often, prayer is such an easy like segue where people are talking about what's broken in their life. And they like, and most of them will know, hey, you know, I'm a person of faith. I love Jesus. Like, would it be okay if we just pray, pray an encouragement over you and your family right now? And to be honest, I've never had anyone say no, like right now, like I've, People were like, sure, you can. And sometimes they're not ready right in that moment. They're like, yes, do that. But like, we'll figure it out. Like, and so most people, when you're authentic and open up and are vulnerable with them, all of a sudden you create this environment where the Holy Spirit is like, just, you will watch. Oftentimes I'll see people cry or the Holy Spirit's just working on their heart. And so I would just say, hey, be open. Don't force, like, there's no reason to have to force Jesus on anyone it should be a natural thing that you just talk about. And when you're caring for people, it's not this, Hey, I have an, my agenda is to get you to follow Jesus. No, Jesus has called me to love you well and to share the good news and the hope that I have. And then I let him take care of the rest. Like the Holy Spirit's going to do the work on the inside that only he can do. And I can't force any of that. When you think sometimes in the marketplace, it's highly competitive and but the Bible calls us to, to live out into the fruits of the spirit, you know, gentleness and patience and uh, doesn't always like feel like it lines up with the com- values that allow somebody to, to succeed well in a competitive environment. So how do you see that in your career, you know, measuring out together? I've learned a lot about this when I've stepped into more leadership roles versus individual contributor. And it's crazy how much that shines where I am, my strength finders, number five is competitive. Like I like to win like in all, but at the end of the day, um, I think God allows us to do our work with excellence and to be the best of the best and to be competitive. But what we can't do is take shortcuts or remove the things that he's called the way in which we're called to do that. And so if we are competitive, but are kind and gentle and generous and loving and patient in it, awesome. If we are like everyone else, I'm gonna do anything and everything just to get there. I don't care how. Well then no, like God's not gonna honor that. And so I think we can be, and I actually think we're called to be the best. And I look about, I look at Daniel and Babylon, like he was the best of the best of the best. So the government could ever, they put him in charge. I look at Joseph, they put him in charge of everything. And so I think in the Bible, the most competitive people, the most, the top of the class followed Jesus, but they did it in a way that differentiated them from all the other people that were, that were clamoring and striving to get there. They did it in a way where they put other people first they recognize the humility and it's wild. Like you can have someone that's smarter than you, more driven, all of this, 
But when you do it in a way where you care for others and put that at the center, all of a sudden you become a leader that's desired and sought after versus the person that's going to take the shortcut, going to tell you what's up, maybe not be as honest because it's going to keep them in a position of power. Like all of those things, when we just live how Jesus has called us to and do it in a way that's genuine to ourselves and to, to who he's called us to be, and then we just push hard and do our best at everything, it's crazy how God just naturally clears the path for us to rise in leadership. You mentioned earlier about the the living faith at work a network that has extended beyond Target itself. Can you speak to explain what that is and and how that really has gained traction? Because it sounds like there is a just a, a general interest within companies to see these types of faith communities form. Totally. This is one thing that I am really, really passionate about and knowing. So I talked about the traditional Bible study underground. Uh, a lot of companies have Bible studies, but there's just like high, like wall almost to enter. Even if you find out about it and you're a Christian, it's like, Hey, do, we're going in depth. We're going to study. We've been doing this for 10 years. Are you ready to commit to this? And then all of a sudden it's like, ah, like you've literally just made the bar so high that no one wants to be a part of it. Right. And what God had really called me to wasn't to, it's not the uh, brand new idea of a small group or a Bible study. It's what are the principles? What are the strategies that we've done over the last eight to seven years at target that have caused these groups to grow so quickly and to have so many Christians who are newer in their faith, more mature, all types of Christians join and want to be leaders, want to be more involved. And a lot of it was the practices that we were putting in place. And it was like, come as you are. You can be late if you want. We know that you're in the middle of your workday and you might have an important day. But the important thing is we just want you to show up and we want to pray with you, even if it's for five minutes and you're just like, hey, my day's been crazy. I I don't like my job right now. Well, let's pray and let's process through that together. And those old school, like, hey, wear a suit, bring your Bible. We're going in depth, bring your concordance. Not a bad thing, but we know we want this to be an encouragement in your workday. And we know like there's specific things that will help make that happen. And when we say, hey, come when you can, come late, like slack us. Maybe you can't come at all this season, but you can slack us your prayer requests. We don't care. We just want to be here as a community of believers to support you and to help you grow and take that next step of faith. And maybe it is, maybe someone needs a break from leadership. So we created a seasonal model where it's like, Hey, do it for this season. And once the season's done, take a break. Um, If you're brand new, don't worry. Our groups start each season. So you don't have to come into a group where everyone's known each other for 30 years you're going to have lots of new people and you're going to feel welcome. And so we actually created a playbook where we go through. And of course, in a corporate fashion, it's all branded and it's step-by-step, but it really breaks it down. So it's really easy for someone to create a small group. And I'll just give a shout shout out to Saddleback. So we actually work with Pastor Steve. He's done such a great job to just explode small groups there. A lot of those principles we incorporated into how we do living faith at work. And they've, Oh, miraculously. Yeah. They just work inside and outside of the workplace. Um, And so it's been fun to do that and to create models that have helped other corporations thrive. We're like, Oh, we don't know where to start. And we're like, well, you don't have to start from scratch, 
we have a decade of learning that you can kind of leapfrog over the, the hurdles and the challenges and jump right in. And all you need to do is find one other believer in your workplace. You got a small group, you're ready to go then. And then you can start and build from there. And it's incredible what God will do uh, when you start to form community based around, hey, we're just fellow believers and we want to help each other in this walk at our workplace and not make it more complex than that. And when we start to add too many layers of like, oh, we need to create all this events and all this, sometimes that distracts us from the core of what God's called us to be. Uh, and and I, I think if you anchor in community, especially around li- like that living faith at work of like, hey, we do life together, we help each other figure out how to share our faith, how to live out our faith at work. And then the other stuff I look at is extracurricular. Like if we have a Christmas event or we have pop-up prayer or prayer team or a daily encouragement, all of that is amazing. But the core is if, if you don't have community that you want to be a part of that brings value to you, what are you doing with your employee resource group? Uh, you know, what kind of advice or an encouragement would you give to somebody that's just beginning to think about integrating their faith and their work together? Just take your first small step. Listen to what the Holy Spirit's sharing to you. And if you, even if you're the only one in your company, allow God to use you and to say yes, to the conviction of the Holy spirit. And it's crazy. Like we've had companies where like, I don't think there's any other people here that are Christian. And then the next year, Oh, we have a hundred people in our small groups. Like it's that little small step of you being willing to share that about you. And you have to be intentional. Don't like kind of like, Oh, I believe in a higher power. Like try to like softball it. Like be, I love Jesus. Like say the things that, that have changed your life. And if you learn just to share tidbits of your story, people are going to be drawn to that. And all of a sudden you'll just see this movement that only God can start. But I would say the biggest thing is say yes to the little thing that he's asking you to do. And you already know what it is. Like God's called you to like, Hey, I want you to invite your neighbor to go out to coffee and talk about Jesus and just say yes to that. Or it's like, Hey, I've asked you to be a leader. Maybe you already have, a small group or an employee resource group that's a Christian group, and you're you know you're supposed to be a leader of a small group. Take that next step of of doing that, um, or maybe hey, my boss, you've heard like is going through a hard time. That's going to make you really uncomfortable. Saying it's okay if we pray. Maybe that's what God's asking you to do. And it's just in those little things. You don't have to start a small group. You don't have to do any of that. But I would just ask wherever you're at, take your next small step of obedience to say yes in the workplace and God will blow your mind on what he can do. Um, and it's, he, he's going to do the work. Like it's not you. When you do that little small step, the miraculous stuff isn't you. It's God that paves the way for you. But if you don't say yes and don't step into it, that never will come to fruition. It will be that if maybe kind of could, but if you say yes, watch what God will do in your workplace. Bradley, this is really great. Thanks so much for spending time with us today and talking this through. I think what you've shared is incredibly inspiring. It has been for me, and I know it's been for so many others. If somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Do you have socials or email, or what's what's the way to contact you? Yeah, you can email me at bradleyj.mccoy at gmail.com or reach out to me on Instagram on bradleyj.mccoy. So 
yeah, either way. And I have, we have the playbook, anything you want from a resource standpoint is fair game. And we're happy to share that, but email uh, or Instagram is probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. So good. All right. Well, Bradley, I want to say again, thank you so much for being a part of this. Thanks for sharing your journey with us again. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. This has been an incredible conversation with Bradley McCoy, listening about his faith journey and what that's looked like and how God has been present in his work there at Target for the over the last 20 years and him integrating his faith and work. I hope it's been as beneficial to you as it has been to me. If you're looking to find fellowship in the workplace or, uh, or to find Christian community, maybe even not in your workplace, but Christian community outside, and uh, if you're looking to start a Bible study or even start a Christian fellowship at your workplace, we have resources that we love to be able to provide you with at our website at saddleback.com workplace. That's saddleback.com workplace. From meetups to resources, we have Bible studies, training programs, a lot of different things to be able to help you find the connection with Christian community that you're looking for. Again, that's saddleback.com workplace. Hey, we love to be able to hear from you. I'd love to be able to hear from you. If you have anything to share about this program, we'd love to see it in a five-star review uh, that you would put for, for what we're doing here. Or you can email me at workplace at saddleback.com. That's workplace at saddleback.com. It's always an encouragement for us. If you'd be able to leave a, 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 you know, a, a like, a follow, or a subscribe, and whatever platform you're following us uh, in this program, it'd mean a whole lot to us. It's always an encouragement when we see that happen. As always, thank you so much for being a part of this journey with us as we try to find ways to bring our faith from our weekend worship services to our workplace. I'm excited for you. Have a great week ahead. 